0: We thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us comfortless in this world that we are facing. There are many things that are happening in the world, oh Lord, that could cause panic and trouble. But Lord, we thank you that we could take heart. You have overcome the world. Oh, Father, we just place this time of worship in your hands. Oh, Father, I pray that you will use me as a vessel fit for your use. And I pray, oh, Lord, that you will change all of our hearts this morning. Bring comfort to the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Oh, Father, I pray that you give me boldness of speech And I pray that the power of Jesus Christ will be manifested here this day. In Jesus' precious and holy and magnificent name I pray. Amen. Amen. In 1997, a young actor by the name of Leonardo DiCaprio starred in a very epic movie depicting the historical event of the Titanic and this, this movie was very interesting in that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, he was a, a young man who was a lower income gentleman. Uh, he got access to, to get tickets onto the Titanic. And when he came upon the Titanic, he came across this rich, young, beautiful woman. And uh, along the course of the movie, we see these two interacting, and they fall in love with one another. But because Leonardo DiCaprio was poor and was of the lower class, her family despised him. They looked at her since she was. She came from a wealthy family. They expected her to to be with someone who had prestige or position. Uh, but we see throughout the movie that Leonardo DiCaprio did not allow that the despise that his that the family showed to him to affect him. He was so in love and in rapture in the love of this young woman that although the ship was crashing down around him, you see throughout the movie his steadfast affections for the one who had his heart. So no matter what was going on, he found comfort in the relationship that he had with this young woman. And we as believers, as we face the rejection that we receive from the world, the despise that we oftentimes endure, we must have that same fortitude. fortitude. We must have that same mentality. So as, as we are rejected by the world, we should find comfort in our relationship with Christ. As we are rejected by the world, we should find comfort in our relationship with Christ. In this particular text, Jesus is giving some of his final instructions. Jesus has in, front, in the forefront of his mind that he will be enduring the cross soon. So he is warning his disciples what they can expect as his mission continues on through them. He tells them in verse 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. So, so Jesus warns them that when they go into the world, going about the mission that he has given them, they will face opposition. They will face conflict. That He tells them in another place that I'm sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves that you're not going on to friendly territory you're going on to the territory of the enemy and jesus identifies what this resistance will come from and he terms that the world he terms that the world The Bible oftentimes uses this word to mean many different things, but in this particular context, the word world means a system of values that are in opposition to God. A system of values that are in opposition to God. So you may ask the question, well preacher, how do I know if I'm worldly? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you love reading what the world has to say more than what God has to say, you just might be worldly. If you resist the things of God, you just might be worldly. If you like listening to gossip, More than you like listening to the word of God, you just might be world. And this is what Jesus tells us that we must turn away from. This world system, this, this, this resistance to God's will. Because if we do not do these things, we are in Opposition with God. God tells us another place that whoever makes himself a friend of this world is an enemy of God. Jesus says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So Christ warns us that when we are in the world, when we are in this system that is in opposition to God, we will face resistance. Therefore... When rejected for Christ, we should find comfort in the fact that we are elect. When we are rejected by the world, we should find comfort in the fact that we are elect. The world loves its own. If you look at verse 19, it says, If you were of the world, The world would love you as its own. So the the Bible is is, is trying to tell us that that oftentimes we as human beings seek to be accepted. We seek to be in alignment with everyone. We seek to have no enemies and, and, and make sure we don't step on anyone's toes. But what the Bible tells us is that if we are in alignment with the world, we are not in alignment with God. That our views and our values must be distinct from the world. Because the only way that you can be accepted in the world is if your values line up with the world's values. And we are people of the Bible, people of the scripture, and therefore, just as the baptisms have just represented, we are saying that Jesus is our Lord and our master. We are not of the world. So when the world says that abortion, is okay, we say that God is the author of life. And therefore, he has the right to say who lives and who dies. When the world says that racism isn't all that important, we say that the Bible tells us that man was made in the image and the likeness of God. And therefore, all are equally valuable and all should be equally respected. When the world says you shouldn't worry about injustice, We warn and say that the Bible tells us that those who practice injustice are an abomination to the Lord. So we must keep this in mind that we have been elected out of the world. If you look at verse 19, once again, it says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now, the Bible in many places tells us that the world is under the condemnation of God. Because the world accepts a value system that says no to God and yes to self. We see this all throughout our culture. When the Bible says one thing, our culture tells us that you should go with what you feel in the inside. That's a doctrine and a teaching of the world. And for that very reason, the Bible tells us that the world is under the condemnation of God. But Jesus tells us here that we have been chosen out of the world. If we've been chosen out of the world, that means we were once a part of the world. So before we get up on our high horse... Before we think that we better than anybody else, we better recognize and realize where we came from. Because the same mess that the people that you like to talk down on, you used to be in that same mess yourself. So we must remember that God chose us out of the world. That we weren't special. We weren't the special forces of the world. And God said, oh, well, yeah, that brother right there, he looks like he'll be good on my team. No, the Bible tells us that God chose us out of this this group of people who held to that same value system. This value system that was in direct opposition to what God has said. So what great love is that? That God has chose us to shed his love on us. That we who were once lost, God had brought us near. That we who were condemned, God has made righteous. That we who were wicked, God has made right in his standing. This is an utmost blessing that we have to remember that God chose us out of the world. You didn't look at the Bible one day and say, well, you know, I think I'm going to choose God. No, your choice of God was in direct response to his choice of you. God chose us. This is what John says in uh, his epistle. He says that we didn't choose him, but he chose us. So we must remember that before we get prideful and think that we're better than the rest of people. So when the opposition of the world comes, when the opposition comes in the rejection that we receive, we must recognize that we have been saved by God. That if I don't got nothing else to be happy about, I could be happy that God chose me that the world may reject me, but God chose me. Everybody else in the world may not like me, but God likes me. It's just and see, this is just how it is, is that it doesn't matter if nobody else in the world thinks I'm good looking. As long as the one who has my heart thinks I'm good looking, that's what matters to me. I can be rejected, I can be rejected from everyone else in the world, but if the one who I love accepts me, that's what matters. And that's what gives me the strength to move on. So we we, we recognize furthermore that we will be received in the world just as Christ was received. If you look at verse 20, it says, remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So what Jesus is telling us here is that don't think you too cute to endure persecution. Don't think that because you faithful, that means that everybody else is supposed to accept you with, along with them. The Bible calls us to be distinct from the world. And since we are identified with Christ, then we take on the same rejection that he took on. Jesus said, listen, they persecuted me. He was a perfect man. He was born of a woman, born under the law, and he followed the law. And they crucified him. And we're sinful. So if they persecuted Christ, we can bet our bottom dollar that they're going to persecute us. And those who God has called, and who is doing a work in, they will receive our word. This is what Jesus promises us that the same response that people gave to what He was doing is the same response that we can look to when we go out and we do ministry in this world. Furthermore, when rejected for Christ, we should find comfort in the fact that we know God. When we are rejected, for Christ, we should find comfort in the fact that we know God. Heed this. How one views Christ reveals whether they know God. Look with me, if you will, in verse 21. It says, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. All these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know the one, him, excuse me, him who has sent me. So Jesus is telling us that what you do with him reveals whether you know God. If you are not in alignment with Jesus Christ and him crucified, you do not know God. So I don't care how much God talks, someone speaks of. I don't care how much they say they're a good person. And the values that they have, if you're not in submission to Jesus Christ and him alone, you do not know God. The Bible tells us there is salvation in no other name. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So resistance to Christ means we don't know God. If you skip down with me, if you will, in verse 23 it says, whoever hates me hates my father also. So, so Jesus is one with the Father. If we resist him, we're resisting the Father. We must, if, if we are identified with him, we identify with the Father. Jesus is our mediator to, to God. He is the one by which connects us with the Father in whom we would not stand a chance of having communion with if it wasn't for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus explains to us also that the more the revelation, the more the responsibility. If if, if you look at verse 22, it says, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Skip down to verse 24. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have seen and hated both me and my father. So Jesus is telling us that because they had received a certain amount of revelation, they could not claim ignorance. They could claim that they didn't know. And, and Jesus is telling them that because he had came and done these, these miracles and, and spoke his word to them... They could not deny the truthfulness of what he was saying. But people still resisted. And that shows that they do not know God. And many of us, we have grew up in the church. We've seen what God has done in the lives of our family members. We've seen what God has done to save us even when we didn't deserve it. But the question is, do you know God? Do you know him as the Alpha and the Omega? Do you know him as the First and the Last? Do you know him as a doctor who can heal? And do you know him as a shelter who can shield? Do you know him? That's the question. You can get all the religiosity that you want, but do you know him? Do you know him for yourself? Is he the Lord of your life? Those who reject Christ fulfill God's plan. That that we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't think that because we we receive rejection that somehow those people are escaping God's plan. God knows what he's doing. God calls them whom he wills. And if you look at verse 25, it states, but the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. So we see that, that, that God had prophesied before the resistance that Jesus even received to come, he prophesied that it would come. And it says that their resistance was a part of the fulfillment of God's word. So we recognize that when we receive, the rejection that we receive isn't apart from God's will. It is a part of his will. Because it helps us and sanctifies us and makes us even more like Christ. Because Christ endured it, we will have to endure it too. And this helps us to recognize that we're no better than anyone else. Finally, we recognize that when we reject, when rejected for Christ, we should find comfort in the Holy Spirit. When we are rejected for Christ, we should find comfort in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in the midst of the rejection that we receive. If you look at verse 26, it says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth. Pause there. That the word, the term helper to describe the spirit isn't there by accident. The term helper there instructs us to let us know what the spirit has come into our lives to do. The spirit comes in and helps us when we are receiving the resistance from the world. The spirit confirms to us that we are still the children of God. When we are rejected by the world, the spirit comes in and emboldens us and tells us that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So we recognize that the role of the Spirit in our lives is to comfort us and to help us in the time of need. When Jesus was in the garden and the disciples had all uh, flee away from him, he found comfort in his relationship with his Father. We receive that same comfort when we rely on the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into us and comforts us because everything else around us is not going well. So we recognize that we need the Holy Spirit to to minister to us, to help us in our time of need. But we also see that the Spirit produces Christ-exalting speech. If you look at verse 26 once again, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He's saying that whatever, wherever the spirit is at, it is magnifying the name of Christ. That when we feel like we can't say anything else, the spirit should be in us, pushing us to speak the word of God. That like Jeremiah said, that that, that fire was inside of me. I didn't want to say anything. The people were pressuring me to be quiet, but like a fire fitting through my bones, I had to proclaim the name of Christ. that fire that that, that the Holy Spirit brings to us. Jesus said himself that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the flock. Jesus comes and he tells us that we need the Holy Spirit in order to be empowered to proclaim God's word. That when we feel like we are afraid, we will trust in him, our God, whose word we praise. And God we trust. We will not be afraid What can mortal man do to us? The Holy Spirit gives us this power. The Holy Spirit emboldens us. The Holy Spirit helps us to stick our chests out and say, If God be for me, who can be against me? Because we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of what God has done. We're not ashamed of what he will do in our people's lives. This is why it should embolden us through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak God's truth. Because we know that it's only through the speaking of this gospel that people will be saved. We also see that we have been sent into the world to deliver this message. If you look at verse 27, it says, And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. God has called each and every one of us who profess the name of Christ to proclaim his name to the nations. None of us are off the hook here. In, in, in Matthew chapter 28, it says that I'm coming to bring you all. I'm pushing you all into the world to the proclaim the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and of the Holy Spirit. And he also gives us a promise in that, too. He says, and remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So when we feel like everything else is falling down around us, when we feel like it's no hope, when we feel like our world is caving in, when we feel like there's nothing left for us to live for, we must recognize that the Holy Spirit has called us and elected us to go into the world and proclaim the graces of God. This is what we've been given, this this, this great message, this this treasure hidden in the earthen vessels, as Pastor Jared said. That we can describe the excellencies of the power of the one who sent us. We're not proclaiming our name, we're proclaiming his name. It's not about us, it's about him. It's not about, the Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So it's not about if you got yourself together. It's about the Holy Spirit that's going to work through you. So when you thought that it was all over... When you thought that you couldn't do anything else... The Holy Spirit moves in that situation. I thought I, was, I thought I wasn't going to say anything... But the Holy Spirit moves in that situation. I thought I couldn't make it. But the Holy Spirit moves in that situation. I thought that my friend was going to die, a disbeliever... But the Holy Spirit moves in that situation. We have to, we have, to have this boldness... And this confidence to say... That although the world rejects me, my father loves me. If I I have my father's love, that's all I need. If I have my father's love, the whole world can resist me. But I'm still going to remain faithful. This is is the the encouragement that the word has given us this morning. And we're called to be proclaimers of this message. We're called to go into a world that the Bible tells us is not neutral. The Bible tells us that the world that we're going into are haters of God. It tells us that we will face persecution. But the Bible tells us that we must remain faithful. Because it is God who's on our side. When the world resists the father... Will you go along with the many who go to destruction? Or will you go down the the narrow path which leads to life? My question for you this morning is, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Are you with the Father? Or are you with the world? If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, It's a news flash. You don't know the father. And this is what we are proclaiming to you all. The repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Known only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our savior. But as we as believers go into this world. Let us not lose heart. Let us recognize that the father is with us. That although we have been resisted and rejected by the world. We can find comfort in our relationship with God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you've told us that you've sent us into a hostile environment. Father, We know that we're not promised peace in this world. We're promised peace from on high. So, Father, as we live in this world as outcasts, as strangers, as foreigners, as illegal immigrants, Lord, we pray that you will give us boldness to proclaim your kingdom. Even in the midst of persecution, we want to be faithful to your call. Be with us, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.